Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is the future of mobility and manufacturing with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in the automotive and industrial manufacturing industries and supporting ecosystems, and help them move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is one of our longest-running Game Changers radio shows. So I haven't said this in a long time, but I'm going to say it today. If you want to help make the world a better place, it's time to run and drive with the Game Changers. And this is where the best run. This is season seven, as I said, of one of our longest-running series. And I have two esteemed guests from me. Our third guest is ill, and we're going to do a shout-out to him in a couple minutes. But we're going to bring you a very lively topic today. And we're talking about tomorrow's today's automotive retail what will it look like tomorrow and i'm so focused on where we're going with automotive retail that i'd like to think tomorrow's retail where's it going the day after tomorrow so i've just retitled the show and my guess if you you can't see us because we're on zoom but we're not live streaming the the video today we're live on the voice america business channel so we're looking at automotive retail and as you all know it has changed and changed and it's changing and what does this mean so let me do my opening with a couple of buzz quotes and then i will have my two very esteemed guests introduce themselves. So first up, I have a quote from, of all places, abcnews.go.com. Interesting. Listen up. Nearly 30% of U.S. new car sales in 2020, now here we are in almost at May 2022, so two years ago, were completed online compared to less than 2% of vehicles sold online pre-pandemic. Now that's a jump from 2%, less than 2% to 30. The overall car shopping experience took less time, was more efficient, and the number of dealerships visited and the amount of time spent in person dropped. Okay, that's one buzz. Here's buzz number two. This is from, let's see where I found this, McKinsey.com. An Accenture report found that 53% of car buyers would consider buying a car online. Okay, that's from the, a quote from the Reader's Digest of all places from March 2022, very recent. McKinsey reports that prospective buyers are less inclined to want to interact with the sellers in person at car dealerships, especially, and this was a shock, especially for consumers age 55 to 70. They don't want to talk to a salesperson at a dealership. I was very surprised by that number. And here's a quote number three from one of the above sources. Swedish electronic performance car brand Polestar, that's P-O-L-E-S-T-A-R, which is 50% owned by Volvo, is focusing on a digital-first retail model with company-owned retail stores located in popular and busy city centers selling directly to consumers. Volvo, Volvo's electric C40 Recharge Compact SUV will only be available online. An online car retailer, Carvana, I'm sure you've all heard of that, sold over 244,000 cars in 2020, which was a 37% jump from the year before 2019. I think the writing is on the wall. So let me give you a little more background before we introduce our guests. I'm going to say yes, indeed. The traditional in-person experience of automotive sales has always been alluring offering shoppers the opportunity to inhale the new car scent. If you could see me on Zoom, you could see I'm 
taking a deep breath, that new car smell. Examine the shiny power under the hood. I've just lifted the hood. Literally, bang, kick the tires. I so I don't do that, but a lot of people probably still do after they read what the tires say. Ask questions of a real human salesperson and feel the road in a test drive. I love test driving. Indeed, this type of car buying experience has liquefied even the coolest of showroom visitors. However, even as online car sales slowly gained traction in recent years, most car buyers still prefer to judge this relatively high-tag item on a seen-it, test-drove-it, loved-it-in-person basis. But the pandemic. Oh, thankfully, I think we've seen the light at the end of the tunnel, right, Gunter and right, Christos? I haven't introduced them yet, but there they are. The pandemic accelerated the shift, replacing the traditional brick-and-mortar business model with an online version. You click it, you order it, you pick it up, you keep it or you return it for which the automotive industry was not ready for the most part. Ah, happily, the industry is still proving its resilience with year-over-year growth in new vehicle sales, evident once more across Asia, and even we're starting to see that growth in Europe and the U.S. A modern, action-oriented approach that goes beyond just data collection and data management is the best chance car dealers have of improving their understanding of new customer expectations, what do we want indeed, and even making in-person strengths transferable to online selling. The new approach was accelerated by new players in the EV electric vehicles, electronic vehicles market, as they avoided traditional methods from the beginning and adjusted to a state-of-the-art customer experience. That's a long intro, gentlemen. I was given it, and I had to read the whole thing, but I think it makes sense for our listeners. Gunter Lasser is with us. Hello, Gunter. Nice to see you. And we have Christos Maglucidis is with us. Daniel Grimm, we're doing a shout-out. Daniel at SAP is ill today. Couldn't join us, but we're going to use some of his, his content and his thought leadership on the show. I'm going to ask them during the course of our roundtable, what success strategies retailers are putting in place to win the hearts and the minds, I'm going to say, and the wallets, okay? I don't know if people are buying cars with crypto yet. We'll have to find that out during the show. Uh, Gunter is saying, I don't know either. Uh, The (laughs) hearts and minds of the online digital car buyers, today's topic, today's automotive retail what will it look like tomorrow? And I almost want to sing that. What will it look like tomorrow? That was an old Cherelle song. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, Bonnie D. in the house. Happy to be here. Let's get some introductions going. Gunter Lasser, you and I connected a couple of years ago at the BP4 Auto, which was the best practices for automotive conference that was presented by SAP in Detroit. And I was remote on the phone speaking with you. We had a 17-minute conversation and I found it and I sent it to you. And you said, what? You saved it? Yes, it's still online. So Gunter, would you please introduce yourself to our audience? Go ahead. Of course, my pleasure, Bonnie. And again, 17 minutes. Actually, it was only three minutes me talking and 14 <laughs> minutes you talking. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's, my, it's my second attempt now to turn it around. Yeah, Gunther Lasse, what's about me? It's like the automotive. It's a value chain. So as I started in 18... 1982, not 1882, 1982, I was with an automotive supplier and then more or less 10 years later, I moved to the SAP um, to really then go into the OEM business and more or less moved into the aftermarket retail business, which I'm now. So you see, I'm along the value chain and I'm not getting older. I just gained experience. I'm still 27. Um, German by birth and Australian by choice. Um, currently with Proaxia Consulting, uh, which also is in the automotive area, focusing on the aftermarket. So it's the entire dealer and import business. And great to be here on the show again. 
with Bonnie. And again, as I said, I tried to get more than three minutes out, <laughs> which I already, I think, achieved today. <laughs> That's me. Did you did. Nice to see you. And in Proaxia, where is Proaxia based and, and how long has it been around? Gunter? Uh, Proaxia actually headquartered in Switzerland. It's around more than 10 years, but we're all over the world. So whether it's in Asia and Singapore in Japan, we do have a quite a hub office down in, in Dubai. I say down in Dubai, even though I'm further down. We also have an office in, in the US, but obviously we drive most of our business out of Switzerland and we do have our consulting uh, teams uh, around the globe because automotive is global and you can't focus and, and try to do business just from one place of the world. Thank you very much. Nice to mm -hmm. see you for the first Indeed. time. I didn't see you. I didn't talk that much on our 17 minutes. I asked you a couple of questions and you talked about 14 <laughs> out of the 17 minutes. Come on, apologize. <laughs> I listened to it. Come on. <laughs> nice, nice to have you here, Gunter. It was very happy to remake your acquaintance and I appreciate your time. And let's go to our other panelists today. We have Christos Maglacidis. Christos, I'm putting you for the sake of the video, which we are recording, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Would you kindly introduce yourself? Christos, welcome. <clears throat> uh, glad to be here. I also have uh, uh, a long background in the IT industry and more specific in the automotive IT. I've been uh, uh, around since 1982, so long time. Uh, the first uh, in the banking domain, but uh, since more than 15 years in the automotive domain, where I started with a dealer management system uh, a provider fairly global in Cadea based on Microsoft. And uh, this was until 2014. 2014, uh, we were all seeing that the digitalization is taking up speed and it's going to be the way to do business in the future, especially in the retail automotive, which is my main area. So I joined uh, one dealer, which is an international uh, company based on uh, producing uh, digitalization uh, platform for uh, automotive retail. And here I am. I've been dealing with the trends and the and the hows and uh, whys of the digitalization of the automotive buying and selling experiences in the last uh, eight years. Thank you very much, Christos. Nice to have you here. Christos, would you buy a car online? Uh, I would uh, never buy a car completely online. Ah. I would uh, I would start my trip, my journey online for sure. No discussion on that. I would uh, pick up online, which will be uh, the brand. This would be probably an online choice. Mm -hmm. But the network or the vendor, how I will buy it, uh, I would uh, first my I would have my first views online. But then I would like also to check their human online experience. That means I would try to check, is there some 
live assistance when I am on this online website? Or am I supposed to be somebody who has to deal with all the automatic replies? And if an automatic reply doesn't fit me, then I just change the website. I go to the next one. No, I would, I would evaluate their online live assistance. And eventually, I would like to, I'm old school. I would like to also see my car. That was very interesting. I mm -hmm. didn't expect you to say that, Christos. So that, to me, puts you into, put what you just said into the, how do we retail shop online at all? If you're buying a, a, a soup pot, a hot pot, and you go to one, forget about Amazon, if you're going to a specific manufacturer or a specific retailer's website, and you don't like the way that website treats you or deals with you, and there's too many bots in there, and the answers, the help answers don't meet what you want, you will go somewhere else. So you're saying that you're putting the, the discovery and investigation phase and the checking out the person who, who would get your money basically online and they have to meet your criteria as a human being, as a buyer, not even just as a car buyer, but as a buyer. Gunter, let's get you in on this. Would you buy a car online? Uh, of course I would. And I was kind of surprised because I thought Christos myself being the same age, obviously I'm 10 years younger than him. <laughs> uh, but overall, um, I think for me, the online game starts to explore a little bit. What is current? Is it trends? What are the current reviews? Where is, let's say, a little bit surprise point? But then obviously I would then still go to a dealer site to touch it, to open the hood, to kick the tires, as you said, uh, Bonnie. But then I would go back to, to really buy it online and, and get it even delivered to my home. So I don't want to even pick it up because honestly, I also think, um, and that may also go a little bit back as I had a company car. There it was like, hey, Günther, here are the different brands. Pick one. Here are the options you can get. Not more, not less. Yeah. The color was open. For the color, actually, I'm not responsible anyhow. That is my real boss, my wife. Um, so at the end, I think um, it's more about really than um, potentially also as the technology is changing, what is my touch point with the dealer on my way? Honestly, when you're in, in, in uh, sales or you're traveling a lot, uh, you may not be able to go to your home dealer anyhow because you on Monday travel to a client which actually it's quite convenient to go to the airport, Raleigh, and like here in, in, at my airport, um, one of the German OEMs, they do have Raleigh pick up and repair the car right away till you are back and then they deliver the car, maintained and everything. So do I really need to know my dealer? I think I need to know the service offering from the OEM, which hopefully is driven down to the dealer network across all the countries. That would be my idea. Interesting. And I've tried both. I'll just tell you both a brief story. I've tried both where I was looking for, I drive sports cars, and I was looking for a particular car when I moved from New York to North Carolina, and I, my car didn't feel like it was ready to be driven at 85 to 90 during the day on a local highway where they go really fast down here in New York. You're on the Long Island Expressway and 55 is supposed to limit. And you're lucky if you can do 25 most of the time because of traffic. I didn't feel car worthy. Where did, uh, oh, Christos muted his mic, his uh, video. There you are. So anyway, um, I, I was looking online and I found a car that I thought I wanted and I put in an inquiry on this website from a dealer who's about 25 minutes away from me. And I called up, that was a Sunday, and I got a, a bot, 
Christos and, and Gunter, I got a bot response, said, uh, we look forward to seeing you and talking to you. Well, I called up Monday and talked to a real person, and they said, sorry, we sold the car yesterday afternoon. I said, but I told you in my online reply, I had cash. I had a high-quality trade-in of the same brand of a highly desirable, slightly older model. Uh, and, and you sold it. And they said, well, so sorry, some lady had a hold on it. And I said, but your website showed me it was available. Mm -hmm. That was interesting. So I ended up buying a car from them anyway, but it was a couple of weeks later. They looked for one for me. But I said to them, this time, don't disappoint me. Okay. So then another time I needed to buy a different car. My car was totaled in an unfortunate accident out of my control and I needed to buy another car. I went to physical dealers. I went to about 10 dealerships and I told them what I wanted. This was during the pandemic, the height two years ago a year and a half ago actually and they told me we have nothing in inventory this will not surprise you Christos this will not we have nothing in inventory we have no new cars coming in we don't have anything you want even in a used model we're sorry I spoke to the dealer of the brand I wanted the woman took my name and put it on a sticky note on the corner of her desk she didn't fill out any customer intake Christos are you you getting this she didn't fill out an intake she didn't fill out anything official I had to wait for somebody at five people sitting at desks doing nothing I had to wait for somebody to say can we help you nobody offered help. I'm in this big gorgeous high-end mm -hmm. foreign car dealership and nobody even wanted to help okay mm -hmm. the week later I drove up down car row here in Raleigh Durham area to a dealership that had nothing to do with the brand I wanted and I went and looked at their used car lot and I saw two things I really wanted a young man on a golf cart drove up from the lot and said to me Hi, miss, what are you looking for? And I told him. And mm -hmm. he said, wait a second. He picked up his iPad. He looked and he said, I've got the exact car. I'm getting chills telling you the story. I've got the exact car you want at our other dealership two miles down the road. I can have it here in 10 minutes. I mm -hmm. said, what? I said, you're part of the dealership that I went to a week ago where the woman told me there was nothing in inventory and that's the exact car I wanted. He said, yes, we're all part of the same network. I don't know why she didn't see it. It's here. He had it there in 10 minutes. I wrote a check. I came and picked it up the next day. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I've, I've had both experiences of the online. Also, I'll tell you, when I was looking for a sports car online, they had a few of what I really wanted. And within seconds, it said, not available, not available. They were so high, high popularity that they were just being snatched up by, by milliseconds. Some of them didn't even have a picture and it said already sold. So any comments before we go to our opening quotes? We're already way into the conversation. Gunter, any comments about the, that mixed, mixed breed experience, if you will? Um, yes, I think what I really feel always a little bit surprised that in automotive, we are now seeing this trend and change accelerated with the COVID as a pandemic. But if I talk to a friend of mine who is in consumer product, mostly high price products, talk about appliances like the Miele dishwasher, or even talk about Apple, um, those guys had this online experience already for quite some time by more or less people coming into the shop where potentially the retail store was already complaining People are only coming to see it, to, to ask questions and then go back home and buy it online and get it more or less shipped to their home place. And by the way, if you look at the meal, just to following the German uh, brand or Apple, 
Say to have the agent model since ages. Say are more or less having the stock level on OEM. Say more or less are not allowing any price debates with the retailer. It's sold to a certain price tag. You go in Kuwait to a shop or you go in Doha to a shop or you go in Raleigh, North Carolina into a shop. And it's the same price. And with cars, it's more like it was sold to the dealers. The dealer will say, oh, Bonnie, look, I know you and you had the last time. If you go for the blue one and I know you like the red one, I will give you 5% discount. Don't ask Mealy or Apple about such a discount because it's a completely different model for many years where cars was like this, as you said, I like to open the hood. I like to hear the sound. I like to do the test drive. I like to kick the tires. Well, kicking the iPad is a little bit boring and kicking the washing machine is also boring, which I do from time to time if it's not working. But that's a different way. And I think that is now coming to automotive, what other industries already learned many years ago. And that goes back to my quote from Phil Collins, like, about learning and teaching and we're going to get to the quote yes. in a second we didn't get we'll, we'll do the quote in a second but thank you but i want to get christos's response christos online versus in person for cars and we're now into washing machines i and think i think there is no difference it will all come down to the customer experience yes. like you choose the dealer that delivers you the experience you like in the same way, you will choose those online shops or online offerings that deliver you the customer experience you like. And as for which part of this will happen online and which part of this will happen offline, for those dealerships who want to survive and be leading it shouldn't make a difference. It should be your choice, which part of the journey you want to do online and which you want to do offline. And the only requirement that you have as a customer is that you don't get lost on the way. Mm -hmm. I did. I have my own experience. It's from Europe in Germany. I went into such a website and uh, said, I will not say the brand, I would like to test drive this vehicle. I put all my data in and same afternoon, this was in the morning, I drove by the dealership and I said, look, I made an appointment for tomorrow at 10 o'clock. I can't make it at 10 o'clock. I would like to make it at nine o'clock. And nobody knew me. Nobody knew that I had an appointment with them. So this bridging the online and the offline experience, because the, the time when robots will be selling everything by themselves is not yet here. There will always be online and offline parts in a customer journey, bridging them, don't losing the identity of the customer in between and letting the customer choose which steps she or she likes online and which steps he or she likes offline, this will be the game changer in the future because nobody knows how the trends will develop. And as Günther said, which I agree completely, it's a global market. Uh, US uh, market uh, seems to be more aggressively digitalizing at the moment. Uh, European market is can be different. The market in China and India can be different. The point is, 
offer the customer all choices, offer the customer a complete connected online and offline experience. And don't forget, there will always be some physical parts. Like the one that you mentioned, Bonnie, the one with the trading vehicle. I mean, there can always be an estimation of the value of the trading vehicle online, but I don't think that anybody would sign a contract to buy your uh, trading vehicle without checking it technically. So there will be some physical parts in the journey. The point here is these parts will get less and less. The online parts will get more and more. But the criteria in the end will be the customer experience. You will choose according to your experience. If they put you to fill in endless forms, you will drop the the website. If If you press the chat button and you want some live assistance and some robot starts doing you some stupid questions, you will drop it in the third question. When you ask for live assistance, you want a live person to interact with you no matter that you are on a website. So if we understand that the showroom is now the website and all things that the salesperson was doing in this, in the, on the showroom is now should now be possible for a visitor of a website, we start understanding how the game is. Because, you know, and this with this I finish, I had once a Jewish teacher who told me, just let them stay in the in the shop. You get rich by the dust of their shoes. It's the same with the websites. Just let him stay in your website. Make him loyal. Let him search in your website. Don't disappoint him to change to another website. And you will probably get the sale. Very, very interesting. And I will tell you to close a sale on one of the cars I bought when I came to North Carolina. I said to the salesman, we negotiated. He was very tough, but I was tough too. I threatened to walk a couple of times. I had my checkbook in my hand. My my trade-in was out there in the parking lot and he knew it was good value. And I said, here's what's going to close the deal. I think you'll both get a kick out of this. I said, just like on TV, I want a great big red bow sitting on the hood of the car when I come to pick it up tomorrow. And he said, what? And I said, don't you have celebrate the holidays? Don't you have Christmas decorations? He said, somewhere in the basement of the dealership. I said, well, go get the key to the basement and find the damn red bow. And I was on my way to pick up the car the next day. And he called me in on my cell phone. And he said, Bonnie, he said, where are you? I said, I'm 20 minutes away. He said, I have a surprise for you. I pulled up and there was this huge red bow on the hood of the car. The only trouble was he said, you can't take it home. We need it for somebody else. <laughs> I took pictures and I, I signed the final papers and that was it. Gunter, any, we haven't even done the normal format for the show, but I'm enjoying yeah, talking yeah, to you. Gunter, yeah. go ahead, comments, please. Look, it's the customer experience. It's a unique customer ex- experience. And I was reading on an advertisement of a uh, European OEM. A loyal customer is not born. A loyal customer is made. At the end, it doesn't come down whether you may have a challenge on later on with your car. It's how they more or less offer you support, understand you, listen to your situation. And like with the bow on the new car, uh, which was like 
something. Because at the end, when you buy a car, you're not going in a bakery and buy a, a six pack of, 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 of rolls or a loaf of bread. You still feel I'm investing a lot of money, whether it's a leased car or whether it's a cash uh, a bought car. Um, you still want to have a little bit of a special treatment. You don't want to have the red carpet. So that is why some people are doing more online because they don't want to have this attention as a person, but they still want to have the attention from the business partner in a way that they react to them as fast as possible. They listen, they understand, and they come with a solution for whatever. Sorry for saying this funny, crazy idea like the, the red bow. <laughs> It was just a fun idea. But yeah, your, no. your, your point is absolutely well taken. Yes. And and they have to deal with whoever walks in that door, right? They really do. What's interesting is about the young man in the golf cart who sold me the car that was two miles away that nobody in the entire connected chain of five dealerships and five brands could find except him. And I didn't even know he worked there. I, I took delivery. He brought it to my house. He had somebody in the car with him, somebody following him with another car. He gave me a tutorial on how to, it's a basically a computer on four very beautiful wheels. He gave me a tutorial in person in my driveway before he drove off and said, are you comfortable at least taking the car around the block? <laughs> and, but that, that kind of personal service, are you kidding me? Seriously? Was just not expected. It was above the fold. And the people at the dealership in that connected set of dealerships for that brand of car had absolutely no interest in working with me. He got the sale. He got the commission. He got the money. And I couldn't have been more pleased. Seriously, mm -hmm. please. I also needed an attorney for, for, for a traffic ticket and he found me one. <laughs> he he found, found me one online. So I appreciated that very much. Uh, Christos and, and Gunter, we're going to get back to the regular format, even though we're already deep into our topic and I'm enjoying the conversation very much. Uh, let's see, Gunter, I'm going to go to your opening quote here and let me read it and then you'll tell us what it all means. And you alluded to it before. Phil Collins, the song is Son of Man. It's from the soundtrack of Disney's 1999 animated movie Tarzan. And here is the quote, in learning, you will teach and in teaching, you will learn. How does this relate to our topic? Go ahead, Gunter. Well, it means what it says. At the end, you never really uh, learn something without talking about it, discussing it, like we do here. Um, because I think um, when you really start teaching a topic and, and discussing a topic uh, like we do here, I think that is exactly where you get this um, learning as a teacher and and you have to listen obviously you have to be open and not just come with your uh butt by the horse blinders and feel that is my idea that is my target i like to achieve it's more about also like we discuss here and i think that is what i believe when we come to this audience here and we talk about topics it's exactly i'm learning a lot today already not just the red bow i'm also learning about different other things and i take it with me and a couple of things will stick and i think that's at the end where it comes to thank you very much appreciate that and hopefully our listeners and our eventually our viewers who see the video will feel the same way christos maglacidis i'm looking at your quote this is a classic vito corleone <laughs> played by the late very great big actor marlon brando of course 1972 american crime film the Godfather. I won't start <laughs> singing the theme. Uh, it was has been regarded as one of the greatest and most influential films ever 
made. It ranked as the second greatest film in American cinema behind Citizen Kane. We're going back a lot of years by AFI, the American Film Institute, and it was the highest grossing film of 1972. It started the career as a catalyst for Coppola, Coppola, the director, Francis Ford Coppola, and Al Pacino, and it revitalized Marlon Brando's career. So it was a very important movie. And here's the quote. Christo, should I try to do it in the voice? Should I try to do it? Please, please. I'm going to make a man offer he can't refuse. How did I do? That was fine. Okay. Christos, what does this have to do with our topic? I think I know, but I want to hear it in your voice. Go ahead. Going to buy a car online means that the customer, the consumer, is entering a jungle. He is no more your captive customer that entered your showroom. If he enters your showroom, he needs to get out, pick up his car, and drive to the next showroom. If he wants to change from your website, he can just make one click. All the competition is one click away. So... Either you make an offer they can't refuse or there is no offer at all. And this changes the way cars are sold uh, in our uh, modern times because everything is transparent. All information is accessible. Customer loyalty must be won anew. It doesn't have to do how close the dealership is to your office or how close the dealership is to your home. Mm -hmm. There are different ways to gain it and you can lose it very easily because your competition is one click away. So having that in mind, either you make an offer they can't refuse and the offer starts giving them a customer experience they, that is unique and they will get nowhere else or they will just click to the next website. So this make an offer that they cannot refuse has to do that. Please understand that the foreplay, if we would speak it like this, that in a sales process there is a foreplay or a pre-sales period and then there is more the relationship period and then you start selling. This is completely has completely changed now your competition is one click ahead one click away that means an offer they can't refuse or no offer at all thank you very much very very well put appreciate the quotes let me just get daniel grimm who was unable to join us his quote was from galadriel played by kate blanchett speaking to frodo played by elijah wood in the galadriel's mirror scene in Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, uh, it's a 2002 action-adventure film, and I'm just going to lay this quote out there so you all hear it. Even the smallest person can change the course of the future. Mm -hmm. So that could be the person designing the dealer's website, Christos. It could be the person programming the AI algorithm for how the bot replies to somebody who's asking a question online. Gunter, it could be the person who trains the salesperson in the dealership. I went to one dealership and saw a car. I, I'd never bought that brand before. And I asked a young man who was the next up. Yeah, who's the one who gets stuck with the people walking in the door on this beautiful Sunday afternoon? He had no clue anything about the car. I had read everything online. 
guy that, that he told me, he didn't know how to pop the trunk. He didn't know how to move the seat. He didn't know squat. And I said to myself, why would I even buy from him? He, I knew more than he did about the car. But let's move on. I'm going to uh, the formal roundtable part, even though we're having a wonderful discussion here. Gunter Lasser, I'm looking at your statement number two. Let's dive into this. Uh, you've titled this statement, Operational Excellence in Digital Expansion. Let me just read two sentences, and then have you take it for about three minutes, and then Christos will ask you to agree or disagree and expand. So here's what Gunter said. Change always provides opportunity, but you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. That should have been in a movie somewhere. However, as online sales take off, dealerships need to think about where to power their processes and where to cut their losses to ensure only tailored, lucrative outlets. Let's stop there, and why don't you expand this for us, please? Gunter, go ahead. Look, I think as we see uh, with the changes coming um, and sales moves toward online, agent model is coming. So what is really the, the lunch for the dealer? So the dealer needs to move into new business models and at the same time, obviously, also needs to improve and um, yeah, be smarter with existing processes. Because look, we may, when we talk about electro vehicle, we may see less uh, cycles of repair because we have less parts. But at the same time, we still have situations like people like us, human beings, driving with a car, very speedy, and say, see the stop sign, but say, feel, well, it's two o'clock in the morning. I don't care about the stop sign. Bang. And say, do have an accident. So who takes care of the repair, of course? Yes, now we come to the different regions where you do have like in US, as uh, insurance will tell you where to go. It's not the franchise dealer. It has to be somewhere else. Um, in Europe or like in certain countries, it's still you go with your branded car to the branded dealer. And for the dealer, it's like, yay, it's a jackpot. I, I'm happy to start repairing the car. And here now the process has to be optimized. Also needs to consider a the customer experience. I need to update my client in a proper way. They want to have an SMS or they want to see what is the progress of my repair. Where are we currently? When do I expect my car? Look, Bonnie, when you have an issue, it doesn't matter which uh, appliance you're talking, whether it's a car, whether it's whatever. The first question is always when a technician comes, how long does it take? When when does it work again, whether it's air conditioner or a car? It obviously for this pure service advisor or a uh, person is like, well, I haven't seen it yet. So I can't tell you, is it three hours? Is it five hours? Is it two days? And then it comes to information on your fingertips. Do we have all the parts available? Or does somebody in my network within my greater area of Raleigh uh, or, or North Carolina support? I don't have it, but maybe the bumper is with a different dealer. I can get it, which means the response time has to be as quick and as reliable as possible. It's not about just saying to keep you uh, happy and quiet. We get it tomorrow and tomorrow it's tomorrow again and tomorrow, tomorrow is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow again. Because then you're getting angry and a little bit, I don't want to use the P word now. Um, <laughs> but it's where at the end it comes down. You want to see the attention. It should be from the fingertips. It should be customer centric. It should be like a, a proper offer. You may get a, a spare car or you get a mobility offering or whatever that helps you. Like the young man on, on the golf cart, which 
Patsy Mobile Device, and you talked about the young guy already three times with goosebumps. Um, so it said it was not finding the car, it was the guy. I, I already understand. <laughs> but also, as I mentioned, like getting your car to the airport, meaning you're not driving to a dealership to drop off your car, getting your car repaired. You put go to the airport, you get more or less what we call pervasive service, whether it's at your place. We already do with the windshield when it's broken. Normally, you're not going to the dealer anymore if your windshield is broken. Somebody comes to you. Tire companies are also seeing the model coming. The technician comes to the unit and not the unit comes to the, to the technician. I think those are the points, which means operational excellence is improving existing processes, following the trend of the art, but at the same time, also look into new models new opportunities. Yes, and back to, I think, what Christo said, the experience, the customer experience, which is wraparound end-to-end -end and from the time you pick up the car to the time you don't use the car anymore. Christos, love to get your thoughts on operational excellence and processes that Gunter introduced. Christos, agree or disagree? I completely agree, and I would like to highlight some other points here. And uh, the most important point is we hear all the time that this percent of sales has been con concluded online, right? You said in your opening, 30%, 57% the wish to buy online and all this. It's always half the truth. Concluded online does not mean completely conducted online. Yes. So... If you do not have operational excellence, even when the OEM decides to do his uh, uh, agency model and sells the cars directly, like the Swedish company you said, and like many OEMs start doing in, in Europe, and maybe will later start also doing in the US, even then, they need some retail outlets to interact with the customers maybe to send the car to the customer or maybe to uh, do all the document work or evaluate his old trade-in car. Operative excellence means that intelligent dealership processes will integrate mm. to the new OEM processes. So it is not like that, that suddenly uh, some central uh, uh, head office will do 100% of the business and there is no need for a retail network. It's a new role for the retail network. And in this new role, we need two things. Process flexibility to be able to profitably engage in the parts of the process that are left to the dealer first. And second, a customer experience in the sense that the customer will actively choose those outlets and those dealers among the vast OEM network that deliver him the experience uh, he or she prefers. Mm -hmm. So these two things are under operational excellence. Flexibility to take over the parts that now belong to the dealership or in the future will belong to the dealership. And at the same time, execute them in a way that the customer understands the value, the added value of getting a service from a serious retailer. 
Thank you. Gunter, before you comment, I know you want to, I want to make one comment here. You said in the method or the style that the customer prefers Christos. I think that's an evolving, very mm -hmm. subjective value statement because if I couldn't find it online, I went to a physical dealer because I couldn't find it at that dealer. I went to five more. So I think the, the, what the customer prefers, if you ask me right now how I prefer, I would still say I want a full in-person I want a full in-person experience. That's just the way I, I want to talk to a person. I want to see the car. I want to look on the lot. I want to sniff it. I want to touch it. I want to drive it, all of that good stuff. But maybe if I had had a better experience online, I would be telling you today, mm -hmm. I prefer an online buying experience, 90%, maybe 100%, delivered to, to a kiosk. You know, one of them you, you buy online and they deliver to a kiosk 10 miles from your house. You pick it up, you get seven days to drive it. You get a credit for seven tanks of gas or something like that, and you get to bring it back and say, I don't want it, and you return it. I, I couldn't even imagine participating in that. Me personally, no way. I, I can't buy it unseen, un unsniffed, un unkicked. However, I think there's an evolution of what the customer prefers, and Christos and Gunter, that to me informs our whole topic, which is the future of what will automotive retail look like tomorrow. I don't think anybody knows exactly where it needs to go, but I think we all agree it needs to be better than it so is good. right now. The yeah. websites need to be better. The salespeople need to be better informed. People need to be more welcoming when you go to a dealership. I'm not trying to summarize. We still have 10 minutes left. But Gunter, you <laughs> want to comment back to Christos? This is this is quite a good conversation, I think, because we've all got we're coming from different perspectives. Gunter, any comments back? And Christos, I'm putting something in the chat for you. Go ahead, Gunter. Yeah. Look, Christos, absolutely agree with you. Um, I think, yes, the experience obviously starts with the sales um, and obviously there is, you have today so many opportunities and different brands. And it's not that uh, the brand I is completely um, outscoring, uh, not a competitive brand. I think sometimes I feel a little bit like the retail market is like an iceberg. Uh, we see the top, which is currently digital sales. But at the same time, we have a, a piece of the iceberg, which is underwater. And I hope the Titanic of the dealer uh, network is not hitting this iceberg. It, when it comes to service, coming this ongoing, keeping the experience alive. Because what a problem is for many, many years, a challenge is that clients, as soon as the car is out of the warranty, out of the guarantee phase, they go to a mom and pop shop where the hourly rate is half of what a, a franchise dealer is. And then you as a dealer and as an OEM are losing the traction and the sense to the client. And um, this is why a lot of dealers, we are also experiencing opening quick loop shops where they not just repair a particular brand or the brands they do have in their portfolio, they also start repairing, I don't know what brands, whether it's brake disc, whether it's uh, fluence, whether it's oil change to get a customer which may be a target, quotes a target in a couple of months, because whatever brands they are driving, it is an older one, or they talk about, yeah, we want to get a kit soon. So the sports car, sorry, Bonnie, is not longer a, a, a topic because the two-seater needs to be changed into a crossover into a van. So and getting this information early on, and at the same time, having a sustainability in your customer experience. Yes. That is where you get the client to you. 
It's like an insurance. When somebody's asking you, Bonnie, why do you have insurance with company A or B? Because the agent is very nice to me, is helping me, is supporting me, is available when I need him. And the same is for me, a dealer. Uh, it's important to have the dealer on your fingertips in whatever situation. Absolutely. And I will tell you the importance of an insurance agent. I was recommended by the man who sold me this house to a local insurance agency I had never heard of. And I gave them my business when my car was totaled a year ago, a year ago, Sunday, actually, when my car was totaled, my beloved little white, red leather, ragtop, red ragtop, 370Z, just so you know, uh, it was totaled. The, the back right side was smashed in, but the rest of the car was still perfect, but it was not drivable. They told me the value was no longer there to even, it had to be totaled, okay? The insurance company paid me almost the exact full price that I had paid for that car three years earlier, which cut the cost of the new car I replaced it with by 50% of what I took out of cash. I have never had that kind of treatment from an insurance company. I, I don't normally total cars, but my point is that I was treated with such respect and the value they gave me for that car was shockingly high considering that I had been paying insurance to them for three years. They set me up with three or four people on the phone who treated me with great respect. Are you okay? Do you need a medical checkup? Do you need any care? Uh, what happened? And within, within 10 days, there was a check here for almost the full value of the car that was totaled. I was over the moon with, of course. It, it was just, so that's even part of who, who do you, who's your insurance company for the car that you love? Uh, just a sidebar. Uh, Christos, um, I have put into the chat for you, we have about six minutes left. Let's just wrap up with this and then we'll get some predictions here. Christos, anything else you want to say about your comment to me in the chat about OEMs are moving toward an agency model? Anything else you'd like to share with us before we wrap real fast? OEMs are moving uh, towards an agency model. This is uh, uh, the trend at the moment we will soon experience the fallback. That means now everything is done uh, by the OEM in the minds of the people. But uh, the uh, pendulum will uh, balance in a different way. So there will be parts of the process that are done in the agency model and parts of the process that are still done by the dealership. This cannot be changed. It's just the, the hype of the first wave of this type of applications that says completely 100% agency models. We will experience many shades of gray of the agency model depending on the OEM and the market we are talking about. And I mean now the geographical market we are talking about. And uh, having said that, the dealerships should really look at their own added value, where I agree lots of their added value will be in the after-sales area and in providing the same seamless, great customer experience, both in the after-sales and all related service fields around the after-sales, mm -hmm. including F&I, including insurance, including uh, 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 courtesy car uh, rental for uh, longer repairs, whatever uh, adds value to the customer experience, both in sales and in after sales.
Thank you very much. Very interesting. And, and my take on talking after talking with both of you, and thank you both for sharing such great, great wisdom in your experience in automotive. To me, it's, it's a moving target. What will the customer want? Automotive retail today, will it look like something else tomorrow? What will tomorrow's customer want? As cars are being kept longer, I think they are because we know that the U.S. automotive assembly lines, the production lines were shut down for 48 days two years ago when the pandemic started. We know that supply chains are an issue, chips are an issue. People are keeping their cars longer. When they come out of that, I'll call it hibernation with the current car, what will they want? What will they know? From listening to you, Christos, from listening to you, Gunter, on today's show, will pe more people say, oh, I want to try online. Let's hope I get a dealer with a great website. Oh, like Bonnie, I want to go to a dealership. Let's hope the person who opens the door wants to work with me and knows what the hell the car on the showroom floor, how do you, how do you move the seat, right? So I think it's, it's an, an evolution, but I, we have just about three minutes left. We have three minutes left. I want to quickly get from each of you 60 seconds maximum. If we met again one year from today, if it's a Tuesday, and Judy and Thomas Paul. Thomas Paul, shout out to you for getting this topic off the ground. We really appreciate you. Thomas was today's sponsor from SAP. And Daniel Grimm, we hope you feel better. If we met one year from today, just the two of you, and Daniel will be better by then. He'll join us. Would we be having the same conversation or will there be anything different? I know it's a lot to pack into 60 seconds. Gunter, you first go. 60 seconds, quick prediction. Crystal ball. Um, it's, I think the digital online is like a virus, like the pandemic is spreading out. Meaning we see online appointment scheduling. We see much more also along the retail value chain moving into online. Um, not just the online sales. I think that is coming towards a point. And obviously, we need to balance people like us still like to kick the tire, like to have the discussion like we have now. And I think finding the balance and not having the zero or one, the 50 shade of gray, as Christo said, four seconds. Uh, Thank above. you very much. Chris, Christos, you get 45 seconds. Go ahead. Sorry. I have to tell you that we need an organization in the dealerships that doesn't care what the preferences are after one year, that is able to service you the way you want. And by the way, what you said, that you want a person that you want to see the car and so on, you could do everything sitting on your arm, on your sofa, online, but you would see a real person online. He would drive with his camera to a real car. It will be everything except driving the car. So Thank you. the point is systems that don't care how the habits will change. Don't care if they change fast or slow. Beautifully said, Christos. What a great prediction. Both of you, I appreciate you're willing to play in the sandbox. The two of you plus me, Daniel Grimm, we're sorry we couldn't, you couldn't join us. Thomas Paul, thank you for all your work behind the scenes. Judy Cubis, the other long, long, long sponsor of this series. We appreciate you. Thank you to Gabe, our engineer today at the Voice America Business Channel. I'm Bonnie D, Bonnie D. Graham. I'm going to have my call to action here. Fasten your seatbelt. Well, how appropriate. I say that on all the Game Changer shows, but for this one, it works. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a Game Changer today. Just like Gunter Lasser, wave goodbye, Gunter, and just like Christos Maglacides. Bonnie D, have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon.
Thanks again for tuning in to the future of mobility and manufacturing with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweak your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.